from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. Glad you guys are with us. It is another day as we move forward, and we're going to get into a couple of things today specific to how Steve Spagnuolo's defense is going to work, what it wants to do, what it can do, as they get ready to add a couple of pieces, maybe retool a little bit during this offseason. There are fish to fry, and then we're going to get into the group that I think has the biggest chance to make a bigger splash in 2021 and really change the effect on some games. So stay tuned for that. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, where we do the athletic matrix and all of the pre-draft athleticism measurements that really matter in terms of functional strength on the field. I'm also the host at RGR Football, where we do film breakdowns specific to this team, as well as a number of others, and we really get after the draft. So Make sure you check out both those resources if you're new to the show, and if you are, welcome. We're going to have an interesting discussion today, but it really is kind of marking today that the start of the offseason is beginning. We're starting to see things. The franchise tag window is coming down the pike here really quick, and it started to make a little bit of noise here where we're seeing some decisions made on players around the league. Now, the Chiefs have decisions to make, too, and the first one that that really made me think that this is uh, the opening window where we could start to see some news about the Chiefs. They haven't announced anything yet, but the Steelers did in building a conversion restructure for their defensive lineman, Cam Hayward. Um, and this is what we talked about last week in some different episodes about how you convert roster bonus, signing bonus to salary, et cetera, et cetera. And they did that. He's making the same money, $10.5 million this coming season for Cam Hayward. But they were able to get $7 million in cap space out of doing the conversion itself. And that's really what it comes to. The Chiefs are in a similar situation with a number of different players. We went over those last week and go back and listen to all those episodes. But you don't know where the fish are going to fall until they're out of the boat, out of the water, into the boat is what I meant to say. Um, and there are a number of guys that this could be coming for. Could it be Frank Clark? Could it be uh, Patrick? Could it be a number of different guys. There are decisions to be made that are probably weighing in on that. But we're going to start to see this loosen up. The decisions on free agency are coming as well. Like the Eagles have already jettisoned and or announced that they're jettisoning uh, multiple wide receivers into Sean Jackson as well as Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, can't say that that's much of a surprise, although the whole thought process in Philadelphia this offseason has been a bit baffling for me. It comes down to Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson can't get along. And then you release Doug from his responsibilities and lose a coach that took you to the Super Bowl. And then you move on from the quarterback as well. Like you didn't, the Eagles as an organization didn't come out with either of those things intact, which I think may end up biting them in the end. Although I like Jalen Hurts and I like where he's going. He's got to get on this page with his new coach really quickly. But then taking weapons away from him as well, that's got to be a focus for them in the draft to try to replenish these two. And an interesting decision was made in Jacksonville. And Tyler Eifert's going to be a free agent. In fact, I think he is as of this moment. So. Um, I know a lot of you are going to clamor for an experienced veteran that has had some spark uh, at the tight end position. I don't think that that's a viable option for the Kansas City Chiefs. They need more reliable performance out of their backup tight end. And quite frankly, I think they need to shift a little bit of their offense towards the two tight end sets again. So you need somebody that isn't just playing backup uh, reps when Travis has to take a break or something like that. You need somebody that can run in tandem with him and work off of him, quite frankly. Uh, and I think that's going to be important. I don't think this is going to be something that they drift towards, but you never know. They have surprised us in the past. I think the whole thing with all of these four decisions 
um, is really what's lighting up my senses in that we should start to hear some news about what the Chiefs are doing here fairly quickly. Um, in the next week or two, we should have, I think, a one or two of either extensions or restructures in the bag, and I think we should be done. So once they get that arranged so they can move forward, they have, what, three weeks now, a little over, um, to the new league year. I think that's their deadline. So we're going to get some updates. Now, in a minute, Chris is going to get back with me, and we're going to go through the Spags defense, how they look at, at evolving, getting more playmaking ability into that and onto that field. I think it's going to be an interesting discussion. I think it's an opportunity here as well. That's coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today's going to be a fun discussion because I think when you try to counterbalance what the Chiefs do on their offensive side of the ball and trying to put up so many points, it really forces most teams into throwing the ball. Yes, they're going to try to eat some clock on you, but if they want to keep up for the most part, take the Super Bowl and throw it away, uh, they are generally going to have to throw the ball. That puts the emphasis on the secondary. And so what's at the heart of it? We know that they like to run some man, and they do play zone and some zone blitz as well. We didn't see enough of that down the stretch for me, but then that's part of it. But it is really a, a mixed bag of what they want to do, and I think that kind of spreads the emphasis over how they can go about whether it's blitzing corners or sending safeties or how they align. Um, do you think that that continues next season? I think it depends on the pieces that they have. Uh, I think that Kansas City wants to get Daniel Sorensen back, and if they get him back, they bring him back, then I think that maybe they continue going the same path that they have. But the bigger question that you're going to have to answer in that regard is if you're going to go bring him back, how are you going to do that and how are you going to make it feasible? Because with Patrick's new contract for one, that's going to be an issue. And for two, we already talked last week that they're probably going to need to extend Tyron Matthew this off season. Yeah. Well, we're going to see how we can fit that all together here in the next segment. Tendency wise though, I feel like they want to be able to go more man. I don't know if they feel they're going to be able to do that. I think the cornerback discussion that we'll have here coming up uh, in the next couple of days is going to feed into that. But when you look at their tendency to play three safeties in particular, that I think that feeds into the Sorensen thing as well. But right now, I think that's really where they, the focus wants for him because I feel like that leaves them the most versatility for what Spags wants to do in playing the nickel versus the base and how they go about defending teams that are looking to catch up. Well, the bigger thing, though, is I think that one of the reasons that they go into a situation where they have to play three safety so much is because they don't have the linebackers. So that's another position group that really is going to affect what they do at the safety position, because if you had a linebacker that could cover in the middle of the field, that changes what you really would do on the back end. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see if Willie Gay can step in and do that. I don't know that he's going to have the ability to do what they want him to do in his second year, but that'd be nice. 
fingers crossed, right? And I think we'll have uh, draft discussions around that position as well, folks. And we'll we'll start to look into the draft next week. But that's the reason why I went with Matt Milano. Right. Yeah. And I knew you were going to bring that up because that does give you the veteran presence to take some of the pressure off of those three. Um, what do you call it? Dime sets. Uh, the, the three safety sets in particular and lets them move around, let, lets them be more uh, functionally hidden from what they're trying to do. And it could also make you better against the run, because if you have a linebacker versus a, a safety, uh, that should generally make you better against the run. Yeah. In this draft class, I think in particular, you see a lot of quote unquote linebackers that are really just strong safeties. Um, guys that did a lot of what Dorio Daniel did. And Dorian's a, a core special teamer. We're going to talk about them uh, later on in this process as well. But again, a guy that could kind of be one of the, the tweeners could line up as a safety, could line up as a, as a linebacker. And they've, they put him in this linebacker role. Uh, and I don't think that that's worked out. But I think the safety in particular, when they look at the skill sets that they like in their safeties, particularly Matthew and Thornhill, who can come down and play man coverage if they have to, it allows them that, that versatility to not only disguise what they're doing, but to change what they're doing based on what they're getting from the offense. I, I think that's got to be the focus for them going forward as they try to kind of restructure what this defense has been personnel-wise since Spags took over. Yeah, and they definitely could do that. And the other side of what you were mentioning with uh, O'Daniel is, you know, Daniel Sorensen's also a core special teamer. So that's got to play into this whole thing as well. And and like you said, we will talk about that more. But he was, you have to remember, he was also a captain because of special teams. That's how much of a core special teamer he is. So uh, don't forget about that because that does play into how all of this is going to shake out. Yeah. But I can't see them, at the end of the day, I can't see them trying to go to more of a, you know, classic two safety set with, you know, getting into like four corners. I don't think that gives them the versatility that they're looking for, particularly when you're looking at somebody playing either center field or split safeties with a robber underneath. I think they need the three safety group. Yeah, but the question is, is can they upgrade from Sorensen, who has been unbelievably clutch for Kansas City this year? Although his play did probably take a little bit of a step down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt like he was a little more big play guy in 19 than 20, but he's certainly been there. And quite frankly, I think he made less mistakes when he was asked to play deeper in 2020, uh, despite I'm, I'm still not happy with that because I, I just think it takes away from what his natural skill set is. But that said, if that's the basis of what we're looking at going forward, I think what we can take a look at in the next segment is going to be. How do they evolve from where they are, whether it's with Dan or not? And clearly, he's the only guy who's not uh, signed to a contract right now. He's the only free agent in this position group. But that change or or potential change looks at, at a scheme that maybe has to evolve to try again to, A, deal with what the game situations are going to be, and B, uh, I think make a bigger impact on the games as they turn. So we're going to look at who those personnel are, where their contracts are, and what might happen coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Clearly, a lot of talk about Dan Sorensen. He's the only free agent. We should talk about him, but I do want to take a step back before we get there and say, Tyron Matthew, we talked to you guys last week about he's he's clearly one guy that you could go look to extend to get some cap space, add that down the line. You can be frustrated with the performance in the Super Bowl or any other number of things, but he's still clearly not just the best guy at this position group, but he's also the leader of this defense, and I don't think that changes anytime soon. I don't either. I think that you... I think what really sticks out to me with the Tyron Matthew signing when they signed him was they he basically replaced Eric Berry, which I did not think that they were going to be able to do. But they did it anyway. <laughs> and he's been fantastic for him. And say what you want about the Super Bowl, I didn't think he played horrible, but uh, you know, the defense played had their you know, their butts handed to them at different times. So I mean, yeah, you can definitely put that on him some. But he is an unrestricted free agent, not this year, but next year. Uh, and I do think that that's something that they're going to want to address this offseason because, one, it'll help the cap. And, two, you don't want a guy that is in a situation like what Eric Fisher was. I mean, Fisher went out there and gave his body for this team. Matthew goes out there and definitely gives his body for this team and, and will hit whoever he has to hit. You don't want him in a position where he's got to do something like what Fisher's de- dealing with right now. I mean, he'll take hits like that that crushing blow against the Cleveland Browns where he had to get up and actually talk to uh, Wyatt Teller a little bit. Like it, for a guy who's five foot nine, that says a lot. And I, and I do agree that they have to do whatever they have to do to, to continue to, to bring that along. But we also have to think about something. Juan Thornhill's 26 years old at this point. They need to maximize him being what he is. I know that the knee injury set that back. I mean, I really don't feel like he was his full self until that postseason run. So how do you supplement with that? How do you prepare for being able to eventually have someone join those three that is a little bit more interchangeable than Dan Sorensen is? And first and foremost, given everything that we talked about in the last, uh, the last segment, do you think that Dan Sorensen is a priority for them to bring back, not just what we think, but what the team thinks? I would think so. And um, my gut on that is he was a captain for a reason. Uh, and. You know, the other position that we'll talk about later uh, that was a, a captain on this team that people question is Anthony Hitchens. I still think he'll be here in 2021. Uh, and I think the same thing with Daniel Sorensen. I think the team really loves him. Uh, and he is definitely not the most skilled position or skilled player, uh, but he definitely studies with the best of them. And I think that they will try to bring him back. The question is, is what's his market going to be? And does he want to be back in Kansas City? Because if he wants to be here, He's going to have to take a cap. He's going to have to take a lower contract than maybe he could get elsewhere. Right. He was four against the cap last year. Um, that's got to be coming down by half is my estimation. No more than a $2 million hit in order to to help 
gain some of that and still give you performance on the more field. than that. I, I have a tendency to doubt it. You may be right. Um, if they, if they decide they can make money up elsewhere, if there is a restructure or an extension that, that buys them a big chunk, maybe that isn't as imperative. But right now that's where I see it standing. But the bigger thing for me is he's shown his loyalty. Reed likes him. They like to show loyalty as well. I don't think it's anything more than a one year contract, but I do think that they're happy with him and he does the thing that they like to do, whether whether I think he performs well enough at all three positions or not, they feel that he does. He can. They feel he can play the three, uh, the deep, the robber, and come into the box and be the nickel linebacker. So in terms of what their scheme lends to, he's the kind of guy that they want. And even though extreme they're... versatility. Yeah, right? And that really is extreme because when you look at the safety class, when you look at the linebacker class in this upcoming draft, you can find plenty of linebackers that can play box safety. You don't find linebackers that can go play free safety. And that is a skill set that whatever shortcomings I feel that there are, that they really covet. And so I, I agree with you. I think he does come back. But what does that do for the group? That's a great question. And the one thing I will say on him is this, I kind of liken to the Anthony Sherman situation that we've had year on and year out where he just gets a continuously one year deal mm-hmm. for around the vet men. And, and I think maybe that's where Daniel Sorensen's going, but maybe he's going to get more than that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I think he still played well enough to get more than the vet minimum, but maybe he's willing to come back here for that much. Cause that's how much he wants to be in Kansas city. I mean, he's only been here. So there is that too. There is. And, and at that point in your career, uh, just trying to try and, and make a few extra dollars is not something you see a terrible um, frequency of around the league. Maybe it would happen, but behind those three is the problem is you've had Armani Watts take some snaps, but they haven't been, <laughs> they haven't been profitable snaps and they haven't been plentiful either. There's just not enough volume back there that I think you really feel comfortable with it. And would you want to go spend a top 100 pick on a safety? Cause I don't. You don't want to. Okay. The one caveat I will say to that is if you can find somebody that can step in and take Sorensen's role that can fill all three positions, then maybe you do. But that's a huge gamble because you're going to be asking them to go into a situation where they're going to be trying to replace somebody that was a veteran and has years of experience in this league and knowledge of studying tape. Now, I'm not saying you can't find it, but that's a guy I would consider spending a first, uh, top 100 pick on. Yeah, that makes plenty of sense to me. Now, Armani Watts is still under contract as well. So I, unless they find someone talent-wise that is uh, above and beyond, I can't see them walking away from him either because right now he's the next guy in line to take those third safety snaps. Um, beyond him is Rodney Clements. I don't know that I see that as uh, you know a fail-safe of any kind. I would think you need to upgrade from there. Yeah, I definitely think that they're going to be looking at that position in the draft this year. And probably not early, but Kansas City has so many needs, and yeah, it's where, this is where we got to start addressing them. Safety is going to be a need in some sort. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a starter, obviously, but you still need depth there because Armani Watts hasn't blossomed into what you would hope he would be. Yeah, and, and at that point, um, again, if you get someone else to play – deep safety so that maybe maybe you're going to play more man. Maybe you want to play more zone where you have two guys over the top. So you you want that that triangle with uh, Matthew and the robber in the middle, right? Maybe that's something that you want to go for. There are some draft picks that could probably fill that role. 
or if Dan Sorensen gets a contract that does take him out of town. At that point, I think it is maybe what we see is a shift to, towards more of a coverage aspect. And again, paired with that linebacker that you were talking about earlier, that can actually chase and run and still attack the running game. Yeah, and that's absolutely something you need to figure out is how to be able to stop the running game. It didn't kill the Chiefs this year, but it hurt them enough. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. And you found out that when that offense isn't clicking, if someone does do a good enough job to slow that offense down, then when you don't have the ball in the hands, that's when it makes an impact. And you guys can go yell at Josh Briscoe about how running doesn't matter. Well, yes, it still does. It does at times, but you also have to realize that very few teams are going to be able to do what the Buccaneers did to the Chiefs. I don't even know that the Buccaneers will again. That's that true. Was- I mean, that was they had a, a fantastic game plan that just worked to a T for them. They had the pass rush. They had everything that they needed to, to do it. And honestly, you know, like we've talked about, the offensive line was really probably one of the biggest culprits. If Kansas City has their five starters, that game's completely different. I don't know that the Buccaneers have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, they're going to lose personnel as well. So running that back on their end is probably uh, not as easy as it may sound right now. but. The safety group is definitely one that I think maybe a lower round draft pick. I, I don't know. It, it all depends on Sorensen, I think, um, whether their draft strategy is going to include a top 100 safety or not. And that's something that will run down regardless. But uh, well, And I have to ask this, since we're getting into this type of discussion now, do you think Kansas City in this draft can go best player available? No. Yeah. See, and that's kind of where I am, too. Well, and we're going to have this discussion as we break down Veach's tendencies here coming up, but Veach doesn't go best player available. Veach finds guys that he likes to fit in a specific role, and he goes for them. So I I don't know that while while BPA is certainly a a good concept, um, I don't think that's what you actually have seen the last few years in Kansas City, even though it may be disguised a little bit. So, Um, But the draft... Brett Veach's style, as well as a number of the things in the front office, that is coming up in the next week or two, folks. As we get through our position reviews, we have plenty yet to come. And there's a a number of different things that go into what I think we're going to see in 2021 versus 2020 about how this offense has to work and who's going to be toting the rock. So don't miss that tomorrow. We appreciate all you guys have been doing for us on the iTunes reviews. Leave those five stars and tell us what you'd like to hear as well. We're happy to try to accommodate as we move through this offseason. We have plenty coming for you tomorrow. Thank you for listening today, and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.